2: Portions of this hour brought to you by BIE Engineering, your structural engineering specialist. Whether you're in the process of a renovation or building your dream home, BIE can help you out. Go to bieeng.com.
0: Sports Radio is back. The Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440.
1: Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website.
3: after 5 o'clock, how are you? Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. As I mentioned, uh, go to PlayAlberta.ca. That's our parlay tonight. Of course, uh, every day on the Jason Greger Show, we make uh, a wager, uh, 20 bucks, and uh, usually we do uh, three games. And uh, tonight, it's it's three different sports because uh, there's one sport going on in the NFL, One game, I should say. One game in the MLB playoffs. Game seven. How could you not like a game seven? And uh, one game in the National Hockey League. That's it. So, there you go. Get your trifecta at uh, playalberta.ca. Of course, uh, Montreal and uh, Buffalo are just set to get underway. And, uh, hey, we'll find out in the uh, spec report, who do you like in game seven? This is a game to watch tonight, baby. And then tomorrow, of course, if you don't know, all 32 NHL teams will be in action. Uh, first time I think that's happened on a weekday. And uh, they're going to have them staggering start times every 15 minutes. Whew. I, now, I know some people are like, oh, this is terrible. There's one game today and one game on Wednesday. And I'm like, seriously? What's the big deal? I think the NHL should go dark every Monday, to be honest. You play a lot of games on Friday, Sunday. You can have a day off, do whatever. And then uh, you're excited for watch on Tuesday. That's just me. We'll see. Um, Let's get to the uh, spec report brought to you by GS Construction. A great company that's uh, poised to celebrate their 50th year next year. Also, they are hiring. So you want to work for a company that's got stability, that's going good places, great culture, Go to indie.com and look up G.S. Construction as uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet uh, joins us uh, once again. And uh, Specter, uh, let's start first of all. We'll get to McDavid and everything in a second. But the NHL had their memo out about the uh, about the draft. And they're thinking about going to an NFL style like draft where all the kids still go, you know, you're in the city. It's the draft. The commissioner's there. You just don't have all the teams there because the draft and free agency now are so close together. The kids still get their moment on stage. You're just not going to be greeted by uh, what's what's growing. It used to be one or two people per organization. Now it's like half the half the organizations up there. Uh, What do you make of this? And uh, do you think it's going to happen in 25?
4: Well, I will say to you that I I don't like it. I mean, I think that uh, I love, you know, I I love the chance to meet, uh, certainly as a reporter, I love the chance to meet the kids that get drafted, get a chance to do a story on, get a chance to
3: shake their hand. Oh, they'll all still be there. What's that? The kids will all still be there, just it won't be the NHL executive. The first round kids will be there, right?
4: The first round kids will be there. Are you telling me that the second round kids and the third round kids will be there? Uh, I, I, would, I, don't.
3: I would think some might be, but you're right. Maybe not. Yeah, that's a fair point.
4: You know, that's what I'm kind of talking about. Sure. The SARS in the first round, they're going to be there. But, you know, I just I, I like what they're doing. I like the draft. It's it when it's a it's a hockey festival in any given town for a few days. It's certainly as a journalist, it's a it's a convention of hockey people. Right. A convention of scouts and GMs and assistant GMs and stats people and coaches and everybody's there. I love that as a guy that covers the game. Uh, I guess I'd ask you, Jay, what what's going to make it better by leaving 90% of the people at home and having a smaller thing and having everybody spread out in their own hometowns? How's that going to improve the experience? What do you say?
3: Well, I don't know if it improves it for the players. I think it improves it from a league perspective because they feel now the draft and free agency, everything's so tight together that, you know, they're flying across they're back and forth that they don't necessarily want to do it. Now I have a lot of ideas to say, well, Hey, how about this? Einstein's have the draft and then don't have free agency. I know they want to end their season. So they'll probably never do it sooner than, than later. But um I, uh, you know, we used to have the draft on the 24th, Right, And then it was like seven days. Now, all of a sudden, it's the final weekend in June. And then you go right into uh, Canada Day and, and free agency, which obviously, personally, I think is terrible. I don't like it on Canada. I know some fans like it, and that's fine, but it's still people that don't have to work, so I don't like it. But Me neither. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm never a big fan of that. Uh, I, I will say this, though. I get the thrill of the draft. I totally do. But I also think at times it can be very confusing because it's such it's one step and for some of the you know top 15 players okay you know pretty good odds but man you look at the odds of second third fourth fifth sixth round kids right and and sometimes it's like yeah I'm, I'm in I'm in the NHL but you're not close to the NHL like it's still a really long ways away right like a lot of those kids aren't playing the NHL for five years if ever so I you know minimizing the hype I'm not actually opposed to it, to be honest, because I think sometimes the hype, you know, people you tell everyone, yeah, I got drafted and then everyone's like, yeah, but you never played. Right. So if the draft wasn't as as hype, then maybe some people wouldn't have to deal with all the, the disappointment of not making it because there's lots of kids who never make it who are drafted.
4: Come on, come on, that's weak. I mean, so what? Some kids aren't gonna make it. Whether the draft is held privately or publicly or whatever, you're gonna have the same amount of kids that get drafted and never pan out. That's just a fact.
3: Yeah, that's true. So let the
4: kid that gets drafted have his day. Let him go down okay. to the table and meet all the scouts. Let him be in a building. Let him have at least if he never makes the NHL, he can say he had that experience. Now this most of the second, third, fourth, fifth round kids, they're just sitting at home waiting for their phone to ring like they did in the fifties. You know, like I don't know, man. And in terms of free agency, we'll get the NHL needs to get control of its calendar, right? They used to blame COVID that mixed up their calendar. Now they're all over the place. We're still playing Stanley Cup finals that are supposed to last games like June 24th, right? <laughs> which is way too late and always has been. They're still doing free agency on the Canada Day long weekend, which is a terrible time to do it right get control of your calendar i have been i've been doing this 30 years and i've been hearing a different excuse every four or five years why they can't get the the free agency off of july 1st figure it out it's been 30 40 years here get it straight and get it better because july 1st is awful for the draft and if that's the reason we're going to deny all these kids to get to the draft and enjoy their day in the sun it's
3: a bad reason man well i would agree with you on the part about the first uh, no question about it um uh, having the big draft day, yeah, it's nice. I don't think it's a necessity. It's a nice benefit for sure, no question. Um, if you had it, great. If you didn't have it, you know what, whatever. You're going to go to your camp, your development camp. You're going to get to meet the organization guys there anyway. You get taken care of really well at that point. So uh, there's pros and sure. cons either way. Now, anyway, to the Edmonton Orders, they're, take, they're taking on uh, Minnesota tomorrow. Uh, no Connor McDavid. Yeah. Um, you know what, uh, hey, it's, to me, it's obvious who the one guy is they need to step up because he's done a whole lot of nothing other than a great fight in uh, in five games with uh, one assist is Evander Kane. Uh, he needs to be better. So they didn't run any lines today at practice, Spec. It was all power play and penalty kill. That's all they did. So which might have been Jay Woodcroft's way he likes to hide everything, or maybe it was a scheduled uh, special teams day. Who knows? But. What do you think? Do you have Kane and Hyman split up? So one of them's with McDavid and I mean one's with Dry Settle and one's with Nugent Hopkins? Or do you just put Kane where and with Dry Settle and Hyman and keep the Nugent Hopkins Fogle Yanmark line together and then put Holloway with McLeod and Brown?
4: Well, it depends. You know, that's uh, there's two schools of thought here. Yeah, Kane needs to pick it up. He needs to get better. He's gone five games. There hasn't even been a lot of scoring chances, to be honest. Um you know, I haven't liked the last two Nugent Hopkins games much at all. So, are we, you know, what's Woodcross what priority here? The third line that I thought the third line had a great makeup. All I've seen is McLeod and Holloway skating around and banging bodies. They're not creating a lot of offense, right? They're not, they're not, there's no pucks ending up in the net. Uh, so, what are we trying to do? Are we thinking we got to stack up one line and try to win with it? Are you looking for balance and, you know, I personally, I, I err on the side of balance. I'd like to see the Oilers get be more of a four-line team, and maybe with McDavid out, this is a chance to do it. So I would balance things out. I, I need you need these depth guys to start to produce something. It's you know Ryan McLeod hasn't been any good for five games. I know he's young, but he hasn't been any good. Kane hasn't got anything done. That's fair. Uh, Hyman's been, I think, pretty good this season. And, you know, he's got a couple goals to show for it. So they got some guys going, but they need way more, and they need way more help. They need some depth scoring here, man, and it's got to come pretty quick here.
3: Oh, without question. So um, so then you're going to put, you know, Hyman with Nugent Hopkins, Kane with dry Settle, and then just figure out the rest?
4: I guess, and figure out the rest. Who's your right wingers on those lines? I mean, Connor Brown, you know. Yeah. I, I know why he's got nothing done this year. I get it. But the fact is he's got nothing done this year. So are you going to put him on one of your top two lines? I mean, you can.
3: Well, no, you can I'm probably sure still.
0: Help.
3: Fogel's played well, right? I would put, Fogel, honestly, the yeah. one guy I would play with saddle I'm not sure they'll do it. In limited time, man, Fogel's done very well with Leon saddle It's very small, sample size of minutes together. But when they played together, they've had success. So I don't know why. Um, I might try Fogel with uh, with Dreisaitl. And and Kane, and then I would run uh, Nugent Hopkins uh, with Hyman. And you want to put Holloway on the left side, I'm guessing they might want to put Yanmark there based on the last game. And then you could have Brown, Holloway, and McLeod as a sure. third line. And then obviously have Ernie and Ryan as sure. your 11th Fords because uh, Edmonton has to go 11-7. and seven. They don't have any other bodies um, uh, right now. And uh, the only way they'll get any other body uh, until McDavid returns is if somebody else gets hurt and then they play one game with 17 and away they go. Um, the McDavid injury, I guess, Spec the silver lining is the schedule because the orders, if McDavid's out two weeks, so, you know, it's for two weeks from Saturday, which would be the next Friday. There's only four games in that time, right? They play tomorrow, Thursday, Sunday, and the following Thursday. So that's really the only saving grace out of this is the, the schedule maker has, uh, has benefited the orders that he could be out two weeks and only miss four games.
4: Yeah. And, and, you know, let's hope that the team can buy him enough time to properly um, rehab this injury. I mean, I heard your segment uh, with our therapist, and I get it. No you know, n- no therapist and, and no medical guy pushes the player back too soon. But as he said, it's often the player that wants to get back too soon. And one McDavid, if this team's struggling, he's going to want to get back. So it would be handy. It would be good if this team could get a couple wins without him and not have that internal pressure that he's got to get back and he's got to help his team. That 3-day break after the Heritage Classic, that's a big 3 days, right? Maybe he'll be ready for the Thursday game.
3: Yeah, I would think so. Um Jack Campbell, I'm expecting to get the start tomorrow night. Spec uh Stuart Skinner has the uh, the Grand Fear. That's a sick outfit by the way. Uh, but I don't know if you saw the the his uh, his pads that he's uh, yeah. he's wearing. Oh my goodness! Like they, that's an homage to Grant Fuhrer. We'll have to get Fierzy's opinion tomorrow morning with Kevin Karius here on Sports 1440. But man, that it looked unreal. And I, I talked to Stewart afterwards. You know what? He's actually bringing them to Minnesota to practice in him just so he can get uh, a few more skates in because he feels like usually for him with the pads he likes three or four before he breaks them in uh, in a game. So. Uh, you know, we'll see where he's at. Campbell has played a little bit better. Skinner I thought was good when he was in the net. obviously that you know the one big gaff was when he when he hesitated and that that to me that play was a microcosm of the order season where there's just a little bit too much hesitation at times in their game.
4: Well, and they're finding a new way to lose at this point, right? <laughs> they were the better team in that game. Yes. They're the better team against Winnipeg. And they they lose, you know, basically on a goal that the goalie makes a bad decision and gives them a free goal. And you end up in overtime and you lose. And they're, they were better than Vancouver in that 4-3 game when they outshot them, 43-16. to 16, But they invented ways to give up goals that cost them, and they lost that game. And That's what happens to teams, right, when they're in one of these situations. They're in a funk, and they're coming up with a new way to lose. Turn that thing around. Sometimes you find a new way to win every night. You're looking for a new hero every night. Like, that's an old cliche. They're finding a new goat every night right now. And, uh, you know, it it doesn't go on forever. Like, you've watched enough, Jay. You know. When you outplay teams, eventually you get rewarded. Your effort gets rewarded. They're waiting for that reward to come. Now you don't have McDavid. Uh, They got to work it. You know, they need – like, listen, there's a lot of teams in the league that would kill to have their first two centermen be as high a pedigree as Dreisaitl and RNH, right? That's mm-hmm. a pretty good one to punch up the middle, you know? Not bad at all. So you can't feel sore for yourself because you don't want to make David. It can't be a tails between your legs and, oh, my God, how are we going to win? They have a good team. They should be able to survive this. They should be able to win some games without 97.
0: Yeah, no,
3: it's totally valid, right? I would agree with you. And, you know, you, you're going to need, though, all facets of the excuse. game. Yeah, it's not an excuse. Lots of teams go down with a guy. Obviously, hey, McDavid's different. He's the best player in the world. No question. They're going to miss him for sure. I don't expect him to go 4-0 and or 3-0 and or 2-0, and whatever. It is. Well, I guess 2-0 and is possible because it's only two games. But, um, you know, I, like I'd be surprised if they ran the table. Uh, I'm not saying they can't do it, but I'd be a little bit surprised. Uh, the thing is, though, you know, in twenty twenty I looked at the roster they had and they went three, two, and one. Now their penalty kill was perfect. They went eighteen for eighteen in the six games. He was gone. Their goaltending at a nine thirty say percentage. So for a short period of time, you just need others to step up. And right now that's gonna be the big key because you mentioned like they outshot Winnipeg thirty two to 14, 5 on five in that game. Thirty two fourteen. They didn't give up a goal right. five on five. How do you lose that game? Yeah. Like
4: it, How do you lose that game? I, not, you shouldn't lose that game. It's a derelict to lose that game, right? You yeah. play that well, you got to win that game. And, you know, the, the, again, this, this it, it can't go on forever. It's going to go one of two ways. You're either going to get rewarded for playing well, and you're going to start to get some Ws, or you're going to get so frustrated with losing, you're going to stop playing that good and then you're in real trouble. So you're hoping it goes the positive way for the orders. They're playing fairly well in these games. They're not accruing any points. And I would point out to you that the Vegas Golden Knights have been playing without Petrangelo, and they're 6-0. So no. if they can do it, you should be able to do it too.
3: It's a very good point, Speck. I like it. Quickly, Game 7, buddy. Who do you like tonight? I hate Houston. They cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people. I
5: think, I've been like, cheering Texas the whole oh, way. Yeah
3: everybody outside of Houston I think is the same boat, right? They're just like eh, cheaters and yeah. they might not be cheating this year but they still got the stink on and they still got a lot of guys from that team who did cheat and knowingly cheated and then pretended to try to hide it. Yep. So um, yeah, like I'm sorry, yep. El Tuve used to be one of my favorite players and then you see, you know, he's running around the bases after a home run and he's got his covering up everything on his chest. Like, give me a break. So yes, yeah. come on Rangers. I'm, with you, pal. I'm going Rangers with you. I hope uh, I hope they pull Poor off the, uh, the victory tonight. Uh, we will <laughs> chat with you you add to me, Speck. Have a good one. All right, Jake. That's Mark Spector from uh, Rogers Sportsnet. The Speck Report brought to you by GS Construction. When we come back, our good friend, the goalie expert, Kevin Woodley, will uh, join us. We will talk Campbell. We'll talk Skinner. Also, we'll talk Minnesota. How about this for the Wild? The Wild had a shutout in their opening game. A 41-save shutout, I should mention, by Gustafson. In the four games since... They've given up seven, seven, five, and then the one victory, uh, two goals against Montreal. What's up with the Wild? We'll find out next with Woodley on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Portions of this hour brought to you by On The
2: Rocks. There's something going on every day at OTR on Monday. Bingo tunes, Taco Tuesday, karaoke on Wednesday, Salsa Night Thursday, and live music every weekend on the OTR stage with DJ Kenny K. On The Rocks, Jasper Av in
0: 118. Sports Radio is back. The Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440.
1: Presented by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website.
0: 526,
3: how are you? Jason Greger, Connor Halley on a Monday afternoon. Drive safe, please get your lights on. It's very simple. When you see your light switch on the left side of your steering wheel, you turn it, there's that words that say auto. If you just turn the knob to auto, then your lights are on all the time. And it's your rear lights. Make it safer for everybody, okay? We're into the winter season now. Drive safe. Makes it better for everybody. We all want you to get home safe. You want to watch game seven? Maybe you're watching Monday Night Football. Maybe you're going to go uh, join the con man. Con, which brew house you at
2: tonight, big fellow? Oh, we're heading to North Edmonton.
3: Ooh. 127th and
2: 97th. Yeah, oh, it's going to be a good
3: time. Oh. Rocking at the old brew house there on 197th. So that are 97th and 127th. It's a good location. I like it. So stop by. See the con man. Uh, trust me, you might have to buy him a beer. His Chargers lost again. Oh, my goodness. Herbert, feel free to make a throw when it matters. That's all I'll say after that game. Make a throw when it matters. Twice you missed wide open guys that cost him touchdowns.
2: Tanking for Caleb, but not for Caleb. Sorry, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got to go get himself a nice young weapon. So tanking for Marvin?
3: No, I don't care who the weapon is. If you can't throw it to him, it doesn't matter. Marvin will catch it. (laughs) Keenan Allen right now is unreal. Playing great. He is. He's playing playing good ball right now. Don't overthrow him. We need a few more touchdowns. Now, let's go uh, in the crease brought to you by NextGen Transportation. Heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and they are hiring. Go to NextGenTransportation.com as we welcome in our good friend from NHL.com and In Goal magazine, Kevin Woodley, uh, joins us once again. Woodley, how are you, my man? I'm good. Yourself? Hey, I'm excellent. Um, First of all, I want to get your thoughts as a goalie guy. What did you think of Stuart Skinner's homage to Grant Fuhr and his his pad blocker setup that he uh, displayed today?
6: Well, like... (laughs) you got 20 minutes do the whole segment on this. That's how good it was. Like that's, I love this. And, you know, from a distance, it's it's hard to tell, like, it looks like they're straps, the old fear leather straps yes. across the face of the pad. But of course it's all just digitally printed graphics and, um, you know, a credit where it's due Bauer sort of started this trend, uh, with digi print graphics. And now we've got CCM, which Skinner wears in the all out graphic design, which, You know, should soon be available to those of us in the uh, sort of the commoners, the retail world, but uh, the NHLers are going to show it off first. And I like to me, this is a great thing. There are a lot of people that are like, no, you got to do it cut and sew and just like the originals. But like the reality is um, those old leather straps, like leather straps with metal buckles that goalies used to wear like that was a big part of why the pads were so much heavier than they are today. And so removing that in favor of Velcro, which most modern pads have, like that's a big part of the cutting weight. So uh, I love that we can digitally print a graphic that to me, it's all about from a distance, what the fan sees and what the fancies, you know, like, Hey, does it look exactly like what Grant Warren? No, uh, but it's pretty damn close. And from a distance, you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference. And especially that blocker, like, to me, that was sweet. So, obviously, it says CCM on it, not the old DRs that Grant used to wear, but, um, like, that's getting two thumbs up all the way, not just from me, but from the entire In Gold magazine community.
3: All right. Uh, I like it. Now, um, the play of Campbell and Skinner. Uh, And and by the way, uh, the NHL edge numbers came out today and, you know, they've got high danger and then they got mid range and long range shots and mid range don't necessarily mean mid range, high danger. They're just mid range shot. And I know you've tracked goalie numbers for a long time uh, with clear Sight analytics from what your early assessment is. uh, How do those numbers compare to what you've had or seen and been given?
6: Well, let's put it this way. Like, I don't want to poo-poo it too much because context is important, right? And they are giving us additional layers of context that weren't there before in terms of the distances. I did find it interesting that they categorized everything tight as high danger as opposed to tight distance. But then in medium, I don't know if this is on purpose or just a slip. Instead of being medium danger, it's mid-range, as you mentioned. And then the stuff from further out is is long-range instead of low danger. And I, and I guess it's probably actually a good thing they said that because, frankly, a lot of the stuff that they have charted as mid-range, I would say, is actually low danger, like a lot of it. Um, but, hey, they're giving us the context of where shots are going in on goalies. I like the map they've created. You can get something out of that. So, for example, look for the trend of Stuart Skinner in middle of the ice, right? We've talked about how he's not going to be a goalie who is you know up at the top of his crease for the most part. He plays more of a two-thirds to half-ice depth in his crease. And um, that's been problematic at times with deflections, including the overtime winner against Winnipeg. where We saw him sort of retreat, and rather than be able to sort of be tight to that tip, he's giving up too much space there. But you can see that in the shot locations as long as they're tracked accurately. And so that's, that's good context. Um, but I would argue in terms of actually evaluating goaltenders' relative to what we would expect what creates good offense in today's nhl it just comes up short it's not enough information even the quote unquote high danger yes the closer to the net the more likely uh, you know you are to to score a goal and we see that in the historical shooting percentages but the reality is if if that's a straight line and you're shooting at me from the top of the crease and i'm in position and set Like, it's like Christian Laettner missing putbacks so he can pad his rebound stats, right? You can bang away all you want. It's not going through me, especially as an NHL goaltender. And so that same shot location with a lateral pass or broken play, uh, you know, low slot line pass through the middle or a broken play off a leg that forces a goalie to go east-west, you know, uh, the danger on that shoots up like three times. I think I was looking at sort of some of the shot charts that they had um, league wide, and 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 to be honest, was sort of a little alarmed by the numbers. Like they have that at eighteen percent. Well, you add a cross ice pass, and it's well over forty in terms of that you know that middle slot, not the crease, but just above it. Yeah. You know, and when I when I look at some of the shooting percentage, eleven percent from behind the net. Uh, I sure I sure as heck hope not that Bucks shots yeah. below the goal line are going at eleven percent of the time. So I've got some questions. At the end of the day, though, does it add enough context? There's no perfect numbers the more context we can add the better private companies and it's not just clear sight although i like that they have that lateral component as a goaltender you understand having to go from one side to the other is one of the one of the most dangerous chances we can create one of the toughest ones for us as goaltenders to handle and they seem to be the only ones that are measuring that but there's other companies like sports logic that measure passes into the slot and the inner slot and things like that they all have additional layers of context that the NHL site is still lacking, but in terms of giving us something we can at least look at and add some context, right? Like it's better than Ross A percentage. So it takes a step. It's just in my mind, not a big enough step. I'd love to see more people um, get access to the kind of stuff I've got access to that, that really does not just chart what goaltenders are facing. That's obviously our focus, Jason, but you know, one of these days we're just going to have to do a, a forward show and because because you can flip the script on this and clear does who's generating the most dangerous yeah. chances, you know, and and I think that matters as much as anything.
3: Oh, 100 uh, percent. I would agree wholeheartedly on that. I'd, I'd be all over that. We do a whole show on that. 100 uh, um, percent right now, just based on all the numbers I see everywhere, Jack Campbell's had a more consistent start to the season than Stuart Skinner and Edmonton. And uh, I, I think is is rightfully so the guy to start there, but you're not you're not gonna throw Skinner out with the bathwater, as they say, but you know he's gonna have to earn his time back in. I thought Winnipeg was a good step for him, excluding the hesitation on the, uh, on the shorthand of goal because he went to go because that's where my seats are. He went to go, then he stopped and then he finally went and by the, if he just trusted his natural instinct, he goes, he beats him by three strides and it's really probably a nothing play. And that just, it's kind of symbolic of the orders. I think as a team, they've had that slight hesitation in their game and it's cost them.
6: Well, and and you're right. The hesitation was what killed him there on that one, and because we've seen when he is decisive, he's a good puck handler. Yes, right, like like he's good at it, right? But you know, that old top gun line, man. If you think out there, you're dead. And there was that moment where he he was caught thinking, and you know, it's interesting. I see a little bit of that in his game. Um, you know, even the OT winner again, uh, it's Mark Shifley and alone in three on three. So do you blame him? No. But I, I found it, and I don't know that it's necessarily fair. But because Shifley was same side as the pass, like it didn't actually cross the middle of the ice, it actually got categorized as a low percentage chance. And like to me, that's a tougher chance than than the low. Oh, yes, um, you know, like the math says the math says it's a low. I look at it and I'm like, oh, I, I got some questions there. But again, if you watch as as that puck comes around and starts to come downhill and Hey, okay, it's downhill. So you might want to retreat with a little bit. It's that backwards flow that he has there rather than holding his ground that sort of pulls him away from the tip point and puts him deeper in the net. And so those are reads um, that maybe there's a little hesitation in that as well right now. And I, I thought it was interesting. I wanted to go back and look at some of the numbers the Oilers had defensively. We've got a larger sample size. Is it large enough? No, but it's larger than when you and I talked last week and to, you know, I'd had that question about how they were defending, defensive zone coverage. Why switch it up when you were so good as a team last year? And I thought it was really interesting, Jason, as I as I sort of just switched my screens in front of me. Um, the problems aren't in, in the end zone. Uh expected goals against in terms of high danger chances, they're second in the league uh in five on five D zone play. Penalty kills lacking, twenty second. But it's off the rush that's killing it, yes. killing them right now. And that's they're 31st in the National Hockey League in terms of the amount of high danger chances, the expected goals based on high danger chances that they're giving up right now. And so you're seeing that reflected a little bit in some of the results. And, and interesting to, to me, it would be one thing if you were trading chances, Jason, but what they're generating off the rush ranks 20th in expected. Um, again, they're 7th in in-zone but off the rush, they're not generating near as much as they're giving up. And and then to go back to Skinner, I agree that that game was a step. What's killed him statistically, and Jack Campbell, by the way, is like plus 1.3%. Uh, flirting was sort of like, you know, top 20 outside of the edge of the top 20. And there's some guys with some big numbers there in smaller samples. So he's been just fine. But it's it's the low and mids that are killing Stewart right now. And, and when I look at the mid percentage ones that are going in on him, uh, the problem sort of are consistent that first game, the deflections, we saw the deflection. I talked about being a low against Winnipeg, whether we agree with it being a low or not, it's still, it's a deflection uh, and then layered screens. And when I look at layered screens, those are ones that are a little tougher to account for, um, you know, in terms of statistically, but clear sight does. And those are sort of, a you know, they look like a shot from distance. Yeah. But the reality is, if you've got multiple players between you and the puck, um, they become more difficult. They go from a low a long range to quote NHL's new stats to a mid percentage chance. And what I'm seeing there is not just all on the goaltenders, not just all on Skinner in particular. Um, You know, the rules are unless the Oilers are, have completely flipped the script on what every other team is doing in terms of what lane the goalie has and what lane that flexing defenseman or flexing forward has um, Skinner's in the right lanes on a lot of these his players aren't, they're taking his eyes away in the lane. He's supposed to be short side more often than not, almost exclusively. And when they are in the correct lane and he's short side, if he doesn't get a good look at it and he's defaulting down, they're in the middle lane and not taking away those shots. So you got some guys that need to eat a few more pucks when they're actually in the lane. And those are the two chances that are killing him statistically right now, layered screens and deflections. And so, um, I'm with you. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think those are things that will clean up as the Reeds become more confident behind for him behind that team. And you just hope that, you know, the mistake he made that that, you know, cost them a chance to win that game in regulation the other night doesn't get into his head. And I think he's been around Mike Smith enough to know that yeah, you know, hesitation kills you. Just
3: go get it the next time. Yeah, for sure. Kevin Woodley from Ingold Magazine and NHL.com joins us talking. Uh, goaltending. Uh, Minnesota, Gustafson stands on his head the first night. Uh, 41 save shutout, so it wasn't like he had great defense in front of him. In the four games since, the uh, Wild have given up 21 goals, a seven spot, a seven spot, a five to Columbus, where they gave up 54 shots. Your goalie gets five goals against and still has above 900 save percentage, so it's not necessarily on the goaltending per se. But I look at it. Minnesota's got a rookie blue liner in their third pair. They got a rookie blue liner in their top pair, and they got uh, – You know, uh, well, you know another young guy, a sophomore, and Addison in their second pair. They really miss Spurgeon. Now they got Goligoski out. Um, Where have they been susceptible defensively here that the orders can try to exploit?
6: Okay, well. First of all, Gustafson's been, Gustafson's been just fine. Yeah. Um, adjusted save percentage is right there, flirting with the top 10. Linus Allmark, we're talking about, is he better than last year? I think his raw numbers are a 962. Gustafson's actually got a slightly better adjusted save percentage. The problem is his expected save percentage is 863, which speaks to the problems you're referring to in terms of how they're defending. And truthfully, Jason, everything. Huh. Like, how do you score against this team? Um, what if I told you they were 31st in expected goals 5 on 5 overall, 31st in defensive zone coverage in terms of the shots they give up off of it, and 31st in terms of expected goals against on the penalty kill. These are all high danger chances. That's where I focus because that's yeah. where most of the scoring comes from. Like this team is just bleeding chances. And you talked about what they've got on the back end, certainly that's a part of it. But they have been under the current coaching staff a team that at times is a little slow to sort of find their defensive identity as a group. And so I, it's interesting because when you have changes on the back end or inexperience on the back end, you'd expect the forwards to do a better job of picking up for it or helping out, right? We know that defense doesn't exist strictly by the play of defensemen. It's five-man unit and how you interact together. And that just hasn't been there for this team. And it's it's interesting. you know. I've been reading some stuff out of Mini that has been a problem at starts of seasons for this team. But man, like to this degree, like second last in the league in most defensive categories, um, that's like that's troubling. And as good as Gustafson is, and still has been this season, uh, that's a really big ask if it continues. And the kind of thing where you know if it keeps up, there's there's just there is no way to outplay an environment that bad for long. So yeah. if you're the Minnesota Wild, you better hope you get it together because what will happen is Gustafson's ability to trust those reads will start to disintegrate as nobody else is making the seam reads and pretty soon you'll have him out there guessing. Hasn't happened yet. But man, if if he were to start fading, you'd really like imagine the crooked numbers they're putting up defensively and he's flirting with the top ten in the National Hockey League in adjusted save percentage. If he
1: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
6: Falls off. man. It's, you know, it's going to be sevens every night. They're the way they're defending right now.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, well, it's amazing. The guy has a three ninety three goals against, but he has a nine zero six say percentage. He's facing tons of shots and tons of chances, giving up goals. But uh, there, as, as you mentioned, when you are thirty first expected goals against and the PK expected goals against uh, five on five, um, it's it's not good. Uh, lastly, uh, quickly to Calgary, um, uh, Dan Vladar. Uh, you know, Wolf. Everybody's really high on him. Vladar's numbers early on in Calgary are not good at all. What do you make of that? And uh, what do you think is going to happen there?
6: Fully understood the reason behind it. Uh, Wasn't totally surprised by it. We'd talked about it on the Ingle Radio podcast as much as everybody believes, including, you know, probably Dustin Wolf himself, that he is ready to be in the National Hockey League. It made sense from an asset management standpoint, right? Like you were worried about losing Dan Bladar for nothing. He has to clear waivers. Dustin Wolf doesn't. So you send Wolf down, you keep all three. And, And the sort of second part of that is it's not just if you lose, if they had lost Vladar, you know, okay, we pull up Wolf, but it's what it does to the depth chart behind that. Because now you've just got Oscar Dansk as an insurance policy. You don't really have anything else that's ready for the NHL. And Dansk, that's not discrediting him at all. I happen to be a fan of his game. But you know, in an era where you need three and four, the risk of losing Dan Vladar was that it only left you with two. And and three, I guess, in dance, but just not enough depth, right? So it made sense from an asset management standpoint. But as Vladar struggles in the early going, um, you know, it gets harder and harder to justify for a team that's coming off a one, three and one road trip. Markstrom, again, we talk about adjusted numbers. He's been just fine, but, but Vladar's on the opposite end of that, right? Like it has not been a good start. And I think what worries you a little bit is, you know, it's some of the reads and he's late on plays and he's going into positions awkwardly. And they're not just the kind of goals that have you sort of like, Hey, we can't give that up, but they're going in in a manner that, you know, I'm not saying this is happening, but if it continues, they're the, the kind of looks that can cause a team to lose a little faith in a guy. And that's got to be tough for Bladar, especially knowing that he's got Dustin Wolf down there. I'm curious to see which way they go because if he doesn't pick up soon and they've clearly recognized because they've given him starts, the need to sort of play him and not run Markstrom to, into the ground because he does yeah. tend to wear out, um, how much longer before you can – say like we need to give our best chance to win and our best chance to win is the two-time American hockey league goaltender of the year. And uh, I don't know, obviously they're not there yet because they haven't made a move, but I can't think that they're that many starts away from it, Jason. And that's, you know, that's where asset management is really easy to say. And we've seen it. We're seeing a lot of teams right now, um, you know, carrying three goalies. uh, But if, if, if you're the flames, how much longer can you continue to play a guy who You know, they played pretty well in front of him. He's got an expected save percentage in 922, but he ranks 49th in the NHL with a minus 3.8 adjusted save percentage. So tough start for him. Um, He's capable of bouncing back. We've seen it in the past, but if he doesn't, you got to wonder for a team with playoff aspirations, how much longer they can keep Dustin Wolf in the minor leagues.
3: Kev, always great to catch up with you, my man. Have an awesome week. We'll talk more goaltenders with you uh, next Monday. It'll be after the Heritage Classic, so we'll have some uh, thoughts on that. And another week, uh, we'll see who goes up or down in between the pipes.
6: I will leave you with one quick thought. This is how good Stuart Skinner's Heritage Classic pads are. I should have mentioned this off the top. There is another goalie involved in that game that was just going to go plain one color. But once he saw a mock-up of Stuart Skinner's, he knew he had to raise the game and ordered another set. That's, Markstrom. That's how impressive. That would be Jacob Markstrom. Oh. And if you look closely, the striped set actually has a knit pattern. Okay. But you have to see that up close because he was originally just going to go all red. But when he saw what was possible, he decided to upgrade.
3: All right. Good to know. Kev, great for the insight, buddy. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, guys. It's Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine and NHL.com. A quick break, we'll come back, wrap things up in the Jason Greger show presented by playalberta.ca and sports fourteen forty and live on Orders Nation, YouTube. Portions of this hour brought to you by Crystal Glass, the clear choice for all your auto, residential, and
2: commercial glass. Call 310-GLASS or book now at crystalglass.ca.
0: Sports
7: Radio
2: is back.
0: The Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440.
1: Presented by playalberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website.
3: We continue on, Jason Greger. Show presented by playalberta.ca as well as on Orders Nation uh, YouTube here on Sports 1440. And uh, we're going to hear from uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins now, brought to you by uh, Ewell. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, of course, um, hey, first of all, he just addressed, of course, the, uh, the major loss of Connor McDavid.
7: Um, big part of our team and our leader, so uh, we're gonna have to pick it up for him. Um, I thought the way we played uh, last game was was better, uh, full sixty, and um, just the, the way that we played with the, with the pace and uh, everybody playing together. Um, that's not gonna change tomorrow. Uh, we got to keep that going, and uh, it doesn't really matter who's in the lineup. Um, you got to pick up the pieces and then go from there.
0: Power play uh, with uh, Vander sliding in. It looks like anyway with the Vander
3: sliding
7: on our own down. How does that change this at all? Um. Yeah. I mean, of course, it uh, changes the complexion when you uh, when you lose a guy like Connor, uh, who can just uh, make so much happen, five-on-five uh, or power play. But, um, but I mean, obviously, Kaner uh, knows what he's doing. Got a great shot. Try to try to find him in some good spots. And um, I think the important thing is probably shoot shoot the puck a little bit more right now and uh, just get those pucks back, win those little battles, and play road hockey from there. It
5: seems like such an innocuous play where he got hurt. Did you guys know some? Something- was up on the bench. Obviously, you figured it
7: out what he wasn't out there. Uh, well, I mean, he, I think uh, when he came off, he just uh, uh, he didn't say much. Obviously, he just called over a trainer and uh, talked to him about it, and then we uh, we figured it out uh, when, when he didn't go back out there, especially in overtime. So, um, I think he's in uh, he's in okay spirits. Um, um, obviously, uh, you never want to lose uh, anybody for uh, any period of time, but. Uh, Hopefully, it's not too long. And uh, we'll, like I said before, we're going to pick up the pieces for him here.
4: At times, you've been able to outscore your mistakes. But with Connor on in the lineup, cutting back those individual kind of costly mistakes, has that even become more of a focus? I know you're trying to cut those back already, but maybe even more so?
7: Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that uh, uh, we got to do uh, no matter what, no matter who's in the lineup. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, we we got to, it's the kind of individual little plays uh, here and there that have uh, we've given up, given up a few. Uh, Uh, And it's kind of cost us. So uh, it's something that uh, obviously it's early in the season. Uh, uh, We're going to work through that uh, and get better from it. but yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's uh, without a guy like Daddy who creates so much offense. Uh, yeah, it, might, it probably is a little bit more important now. It's only it's only five games, Ryan. But you know, offense is your
3: guys's calling card. It's the biggest strength of your game, and you, you've only scored more than four once this year. Have, have you seen anything?
7: Is it just bad luck? What's been lacking from the overall group's offense through five games? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, something that we talked about after the first especially after the first game, was uh, putting the puck from the point a little bit more, and I thought uh, the demon had been doing a, a really good job of that last few games, and it comes down to the forwards getting to the net and getting those second, third opportunities, and, and battling away, and I think last game, we did a good job of that, uh, we just couldn't find any, um, so it, it's continuing to work on that, uh, it, it's finding each other, building that chemistry again, and uh, I think we're a confident team that we can uh, get back to our, our offensive ways. remember the, whatever it was, four or five years ago, when Connor missed six games and your
3: penalty kill was actually 100% in those six games right like there's other elements uh, you guys went three two and one you know you, you played really good your goaltending was good when you lose your best player it's
7: fairly accurate to say everybody has to augment in all different areas and it's not just offense. I, mean, I mean I think sometimes when you lose a guy like that uh, um, everybody understands that uh, how big a piece he is for this team so uh, you, you have to uh, pick up the slack you got to work a little bit harder here and there and uh, um yeah I mean it's uh, our PK I think is, is getting better uh, we still want to get continue to improve uh, and defensively I think uh, we're also getting better I think our defensive zone coverage um, our, our neutral zone has all looked pretty solid it's just little things here and there like little breakdowns that have been costing us so something that we're gonna have to clean up and against this Minnesota team it's uh, it's going to be a case of sticking with it they're going to play kind of like Philly does uh, in your face and not much space not much time and uh, it, it's a full 60. You really got to stick with it and I think that's, uh, it'll be a good test for us. It'll be a good challenge and uh, losing Connor even more so.
3: So there you go. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Look what he said. You know what? He's liked a lot of their game, but it's the it's the self-inflicted wounds have really hurt them. So we'll see the good news. How about this? The Minnesota Wallace as Kevin Woodley outlined 31st In uh, chances against 5-on-5, 31st in high-danger chances against on the penalty kill. Edmonton's going to get their chances. They're going to have to bury them. Part of scoring has got to bear down and then eliminate the glaring areas themselves. Have yourselves a wonderful Monday evening. Enjoy the Game 7 Rangers-Astros. Go Rangers. Also, McCaffrey is officially active for the 49ers. And, of course, uh, the lone game in the NHL. Uh, We'll have Fox Sports from 9 until 7 a.m. and then the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear. On behalf of Declan Cougar, Connor Halley, I'm Jason Greger. Sports Update brought to you by Fountain Tire. And, hey, snowy outside. Get your winter tires on now. It's the temperature change that matters more than the snow. But if you're driving around today, you know how important it is. Book your tire service today at FountainTire.com. Good night.
1: This is a Sports 1440 Update.
5: And one last time from us, it's Declan Kruger with your Sports 1440 update on behalf of Connor Hallie. MLB scores, bottom of the eighth. It's the Diamondbacks up 5-1 on the Phillies in the NLCS. And the ALCS, Rangers and Astros set to go in about 10 minutes here. NHL action, Canadians and Sabres tied at one, still in the first intermission. American Hockey League's Bakersfield Condors have signed forward Sam Gagne to a one-year deal. Gagne had double hip hip surgery in March, ending his 22-23 early, and signed the PTO with the Oilers this past summer. Week seven in the NFL wraps up tonight as the Vikings host the 49ers. Kickoff is at 6:15, and you can watch that one with Connor Hallie at the North Edmonton Canadian Brew House for your chance to qualify for a trip to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. NBA news is Giannis Antetokounmpo has signed a three-year, $186 million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's going to do it for us today. It'll be Fox Sports Radio coming to you at 9 p.m. and Carius and Douglas back first thing in the morning, 7 a.m. I'm Declan Kruger.